Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Last time, Sable was hunting for Ophelia, who accepted a bad fairy deal at Sable's behest, and now has to lead an assault on House Mason, potentially starting a war between the two houses. Sable flies back home to attend the courting between House Mentor and a member of her house, leaving Silpha to gather Jalen and consult Lady Miev on how to keep Ophelia away from fairies. Jalen and Silpha head to Miev's and get Lady Miev to agree to hide Ophelia in her fairy-proof bunker. Lady Miev hires our heroes to find some components for their magical golem. This task they put on hold for a bit to deal with the immediate crisis. Miev also gives Silpha a scroll of Locate Person to help find the missing woman. Jalen and Silpha dig into Jalen's mysterious past, learning the identity of her mother but little else. Sable learns some of the ins and outs of being a baroness with Lord Mentor, the regent of the kingdom. Two of the three conspirators against Sable appear to be abandoning House Varathi, and so Sable makes some effort to win over the last conspirator and the servants of her house. Morning comes, and it's a busy day, because both Silpha and Jalen have courting sessions to get to in the afternoon, and a war to stop before getting gussied up. In the morning, all three women head to meet up at House Drury, where Silpha and Jalen run into Thomas Drury, who clearly has a crush on Silpha. Thomas is playing hide-and-seek with his siblings in Just a Nightshirt. And that's where we start. And it's Thomas Drury. <laughs> I should, Jalen will poke her head back in and go, it's Thomas Drury. You want to say hi? <laughs> <laughs> Silpha sinks into her chair as far as she can go. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. She'll poke her head back out and say, hi, Thomas. Oh, um, Jalen, yeah. Jalen Evans. Yeah. A pleasure to meet you. Um, we're just, I'm just playing with my siblings. And it's, it's endearing as fuck. Listen, um, I've got Silpha with me. You want to say hello? Um, he turns... Three shades of red. And then you can see him trying really hard to like baggy out his nightshirt to to keep it from forming around anything suggestive. And eventually he will give up and say, no, no, that's okay. Um, Well, maybe we'll catch you on the return trip. And he dives into a wheat field. Well, that went well. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, he said no. I mean, he was just in his nightshirt. Oh. <laughs> If you people would just listen to me. <laughs> so the cart starts moving again, and you get to the front of the jury residence where a servant meets you at the carriage and says, I'm sorry you weren't expected. Can I uh, announce who's, who's arrived? We didn't, <laughs> this whole time we could have been talking about our approach. <laughs> but no. no. You were talking about tunnels and boys. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was not a euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell the servant, there's no need for an announcement. You may tell your lord and lady that Sofa Lunari and Jalen Evans are on an errand for the Lady Varathi. Okay, I will do that. And the servant turns and strides purposefully into the main house. So a few minutes later, Lady Drury comes out. She is in her late 30s. She's not dressed like she was expecting company. And she will stride out to the carriage and say, um, excuse me, ladies, 
To what do we owe the pleasure? Uh, we apologize for turning up unannounced, Lady Jury, but it was a bit of a pressing matter and we didn't have time to send word. I understand what brings House Evans to our door. Well, we are here on behalf of House Verathi. All right. And we had heard that Ophelia Verathi might be here, and we were wondering if we could speak with her. Ophelia is not here. Her children are, but she is not. Oh, no. That's that's terrible. We believe her to be in danger. She gets really awkward when you talk to her, Silpha, and then turns her attention back to Jalen. Jalen repeated, we had heard she might be in danger. Well, I'm afraid I, she didn't give us much information as to where she was going. I can tell you she left with a horse headed west, which would be House Mason property. Okay. Her children are safe here? Yes, yes. Her children and uh, some of the cousins that came with them are, are all safe here. Oh, good. Okay. Um... Thank you, lady. It's possible that the the lady Verathi might also be heading this way. It was just known that we could get here faster, but we will try to head her off from disturbing you. Oh, the lady Verathi can visit any time. She says, uh, however, a, a note next time and I will ex- dress up and have some hors d'oeuvres. You, you are under no obligations here, lady. Thank you very much for receiving us. So as she's about to turn around, you see Thomas tucking a shirt into some pants come spilling out the front door and then immediately pull himself together and, and stride up. And she says, well, thank you for stopping by. And uh, I do hope everything will be okay with Ophelia. And she turns around to see Thomas walking up and she says, Thomas, I thought you were watching your, your sisters and your brothers. And Thomas says, oh, I, I was, they're fine. And she says, okay, uh, well, don't forget you have a job today. And he, he nods and kind of steps past her to the cart and says, <clears throat> Hello, ladies. Hi, Thomas. Uh, please forgive my earlier lack of decorum. Oh, you're fine. But thank you. Um, I'm sh- I can assure you it won't happen again. What lack of decorum? Jalen just smiles. <laughs> Look! Oh my god, I wish people could see. Y'all are both just grinning. Turns a- at least one shade of bright red. And then says, yes, well, um, so what, what, what brings you here? And his mother has walked away. Oh, Thomas, your cousin Stephen, did he ever find the lady he met at the party? He sent a note to me, I think by mistake. It sounded like he met someone wonderful. Mm. Oh, she keeps a straight face. Thomas gets kind of like a, a sudden like drop in his energy level, kind of a downcast face. Looks down at his feet a little bit and he says, Ah, he, he, he might have. He must have. I haven't heard anything from Stephen in a while. Aww. Roll insight. Oh, nope. Got nothing. <laughs> Mighty four. I don't notice his discomfort. I continue along the lines of, well, it was a really lovely and nice heartfelt letter. I just hope that he connected with the person that he met. I was sad that it came to me instead. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That was probably bad. Well, um... I'd love to, uh, you know, meet you at the a library sometime, Silva. You said you might show me a, a trick or something. Oh, yes, we should meet at the library sometime. Great. I've got a, um, I got a new one to show you, too. It involves a hat, and, um, well, I won't spoil it. We've already said that the juries are very rabbit-like, so I'm imagining shrinking him down and pulling him up out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> so he will turn and half stumble away. Bye, Thomas. It's good to see you. 
And he'll go inside and close the door. Sylpha. What is true? So Stephen sent you a letter? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. He sent me a letter when we spoke like two sentences to each other. And Thomas said he'd write me a letter, but he never did. So Thomas wrote a letter pretending to be Stephen? Well, if he did, that was a stupid <laughs> idea. I don't I don't know. I mean, huh. A carriage with House Varathy's colors comes over the horizon and is headed down towards you. You guys can catch up and rendezvous in the road with Sable. Helena will call back before they get to the wagon. Your friends are out here. Oh, all right. I hop out. Hi. Uh, I stopped by the house. I got your note. Uh, y- y- you were you were thinking exactly what I was thinking. The only problem is she's not here. Uh, they said she headed for House Mason. Her family is here. She left them. Uh, she left her family here did, and then headed for House Mason on a horse. Did she go alone? As far as we know. How long ago? We, we showed up unannounced, so we didn't really want to push our luck. All right. So should we head to House Mason? I think we should try to head to House Mason quickly mm. and perhaps head her off if she is headed in that direction. Well, there's a road that leads directly west from here. Let's take it. And I will have them all pile into my carriage so that it, I can at least talk to them on the way. Okay. Sylpha will cast Long Strider on both of the horses, increasing their speed. So as we go, I'll say I gather no intelligence last night regarding that, but I can tell you that Lorelai has left the home. Whoa. With all of her children. Huh. In a huff. And... Ophelia and her family all left as well, but they left a lot of their things. So I don't know if she's actually moving out or just... Sounds like she moved her family to the juries to keep them safe. safe. If she, Whatever she's getting herself into, she doesn't want it to fall out on them. Right. What is she doing? She's been ordered to lead the assault on House Mason. All we know is that sh- that, that is the order, and House Mason may well be able to do something against the Fairy Queen. She is unhappy. The most important thing is this. The Lady Varathy, the matron, gave her life because she did not want to start a war between two houses. We can't let this be the thing that brings it. I'm glad to hear that Lady Miev is on our side in this. I I think she might have the best and only means of keeping Ophelia safe while she has to deal with this particular request. There's another thing. She is a member of the Circle. Oh. And is... Both the head of her house and as head of the circle. Hopefully I can simply order her and she will come. That would be nice. We'll see. Should I take the lead then? Yeah. And could someone perhaps, if she has already reached House Mason, speak to the Masons? I can certainly do so. Is this going to be weird? You're supposed to be in a courting session with one of them later. Is it at House Mason or is it at your house? It is at mine. Oh, well... And Jalen, I have a courting session at the Pornino house. What? Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, but we we but first are, preventing war. First, uh, right, first right, preventing right. war. Of course. But if it can be helped, we are each on a constrained timeline this I, morning. I, I, that, that's fine. Oh my God, we got to get you through this very quickly. Then I give them both hugs. <laughs> it's so nice of you to come anyway. Yeah, it occurs to me if she's in the circle and she's got deals going, she might not be able to hurt you. that's a yeah or helena all the more reason for us to be there right and probably just maybe try to order her to go with you that's that's the plan okay 
So the Lady Miev gave us this. It's a scroll that will enable us to locate a creature. If she's not directly someplace where we can find her, then we use it. How close do you have to be? Within a thousand feet. And how far away with our fast traveling horse? With your faster horse, you're 30 minutes away. Then I would go ahead and cast from the scroll. She is not at house jury. Okay. And then I'd be like, oh, what color are you wearing? I hope there's gray in your dress. You look so good in gray. Maybe you can see it when we go back. It's in the other carriage. It's this deep gray brocade fabric embroidered with silver floral pattern. And then it has this deep red silk accents at the bodice that's and the so way to make your eyes look amazing so as you pull up to house mason i put on my serious face the spell pings do we see her outside no she is here somewhere all right does does this give you direction let's get a bearing on where ophelia is you know she is in the manor and down so i will share that information sable remember that we're we're unannounced so we need to be very polite the door swings open and a servant is there and it says, oh, yes. Oh, my, um, uh, Miss Lunari, uh, excuse me. Uh, um, we were not expecting you at all. I... Uh, yes, about that. I am here on an urgent errand for the Lady Varathi. Um, Lord Byron is, is upstairs preparing. I, it... I shall enjoy seeing him this afternoon. Yes. Yes, uh, very well. Um, I can announce you. Uh, just a moment. He ushers you into the same study you were in where you found the trapdoor in the floor by turning the coaster. I lean into you and go, should I be waiting or just saying I'm here for her? The time is ticking on the location spell. Mm-hmm. We probably have like a half hour left. Do you feel like she's directly below us? Your spell tells you she's moving. It'll tell you she's moving easterly and then westerly and then northerly. She appears to be wandering below you. She might be lost down there. How did she get down there? I don't know, but we got lost down there. You were able to move through the tunnels down there. Uh, true. That's true. She might be in a rat form. Mm, gathering intelligence, I see. So Meg comes running in. You're here! And throws her arms wide around the first person she comes to, which happens to be Jalen. Uh, hi, Meg. Pat, she like does a pat, pat. Oh <laughs> my her. gosh. I take an instinctive step backward. It's so great to see you. How, how you been? Did you bring me anything? Uh, no, I'm afraid we're on a bit of an important errand and we didn't have time to think about that. Oh, Meg, I'm well. sorry. Uh, but next time. Yes, next time. Wine, please. I'm out. And you would not believe how stingy my father is being with wine recently. That's too bad. Please stay close to your guards. I implore you. Um, why? why? Is something wrong? Yes. Isaac will save me again. Isaac is not present. I'm the only wizard here. As far as Sylpha knows. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, I'll, go, I'll go spend some time with the guards. And she kind of frolics awkwardly out. And then... Are they armed with silver? No. They should be armed with silver and cold iron. Oh, okay. I'll tell them. They're going to think she's drunk. Lady Mason strides in and says, Ladies, what can I do for you? Sylpha curtsies to her and says, Lady Mason, there is an urgent matter, a present danger to your family. There are some members of the Lady Varathi's house 
who have not adapted well to change, and they're seeking to undermine her by sowing conflict between houses. Please see that Meg is safe, and I'm using a spell currently to find the rogue parties. Lady Varathi is here to corral those parties and discipline them. I see. And does your spell tell you that they're here? Yes, it does. Below us presently. Um, as I'm sure you are aware, there's nothing below us. Which that is, is correct, lady. Deeply concerning. And this is a person, you say? I look to Sable. Yeah, we're both going to look at Sable. This is a person who uses magic, Lady Mason. One might say a rogue member of my family. Very well. And what do you suppose this person is doing wandering amongst the baseboards of the house? That is a very good question. I have no idea. Okay. Well, this is fascinating information. I'm happy you were able to deliver it. And House Mason will see to its own. I appreciate your coming to warn us, and I will take it very seriously. Please, do we have your permission to find this person? Before there's any damage done. Roll persuasion, Silpha. So that would be a 16. She says, Silpha, you know I have been very upset about you wandering the house in the past. If this is, turns out to be some kind of ruse, I will be very unforgiving. That said, I can assign you two guards. They will accompany you. That would be appreciated. I thank you. And she sticks her head back out the door and snaps her finger and someone runs off to get two guards. Two men with swords and a house mason livery, but not really wearing any armor because they're indoors, come running up. Where would you like to begin your search? Silpha. Where does my spell? At the moment, it is pinging the equivalent of forward and down. You're going to have to wander around. But so to remind you, House Mason is basically three horseshoes, one outside of the other, outside of the other. And you, last time you were here anyway, there was basically no one in the third horseshoe anywhere and really no one in the second horseshoe. But yeah, directionally, she's definitely not in the first horseshoe and also down. We'll follow you, Silpha. What would you like me to roll in order to navigate this or follow? This house is specifically built to be maze-like and difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. So I would like you to give me a survival roll at disadvantage. Oof. Yeah, it's a seven. Okay. A solid half an hour goes by. Your spell fades, but you are pretty sure she is below the second horseshoe right now. You both ran into a bunch of dead ends, had to go up to go down, and also she's moving, which made it really difficult. But she is below the second horseshoe. Yeah, if they know a way down and we can search it, I'd like to. They will nod and split up, and then one of them finds a spot on the wall that they clearly already knew about and pushes a button, a door slides open, and there are steps going down. And they say, um, this one's been searched thoroughly it's safe all right down we go you are in some kind of room with like all the furnishings have been taken out of it so but it, it clearly is just like one large room uh and there are rat-sized holes in the walls one going in every direction i can go after what would be the best thing for us to do can Sklix fit in any of the clicks can very ungracefully slip into the holes yeah because Sklix is small for a cat I suppose you could send Sklicks with me. He could come back, let you know where I am. Sklicks, I'm going to ask you to do something very difficult. 
This place is a maze, just like the dungeon you were trapped in was. So be careful. Mm. But in this case, I don't want you to hunt any rats or mice. That's mm. the difficult part. Can I eat the bugs? What about the moths? That was creepy. <laughs> You may never eat moths. <laughs> <laughs> you are no fun. Very well. And you hear cat paws patter away. I'm going to go looking for her too. Okay. I am going to cast Al's Wisdom on myself. I already have a Wisdom of 18, so that's going to give me... Advantage. You climb into the wall. Roll me a Survival with Advantage. Well, that first one is a 19, so that would be a 23. And that last one sucked. So with the 23, you dive into the wall. You immediately, in rat form, catch the smell of Ophelia. Oh. The person, not the rat. And you slide into a room. You find Ophelia in a run-down living room, kind of parlor space. The furniture all looks 100 years old. There's a lot of dust down here. And in one corner, there's a large sarcophagus. And she's sitting on it and drawing on a notebook. Roll me stealth. I'm not exactly trying to sneak, but... You're you know. a rat. Ten! All, All right. ten! She notices you. Yeah. When you come in... I don't know how to keep from squeaking. I'm sorry. fall to the ground and go... <laughs> and she looks over and is like... I look up at her. And sort of tilts her head and... I told ...stands my up. And then she sort of picks up her notebook and like comes walking over with a I'm going to squish you posture. <laughs> the rat goes, no. Persuasion to see if you can communicate effectively enough that she does not squish you with a book. That would be a 17. Okay. Uh, Managed to shake it in a very mm. human manner. Mm -mm. I get the little, I get the paw up and I do the little paw waggle. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. She stops and stares at, at you. Does she do anything else? Nope. Okay, so I can only do this twice, right? Yep. And I had to go through a rat hole, but it was I didn't go very far. No. No? No, just like a couple of rooms over? Just one room over. Oh, just one room over. Just through 10 feet of stone. Oh, okay. All right, so I will turn back into myself. Oh, Sable. Find anything interesting? Lots of things are interesting. Look at this. And she turns her notepad over, and it is a map she clearly spent most of yesterday and all of the night on. Clearly, she's got a lot of tunnels mapped. That's great. From her map, you're guessing that there's at least two levels of sub-basement covering the entire size of the manor, plus a little extra. Maybe a third level in places. Probably more below the manor than above the manor, and the manor is already the biggest place you've ever seen. Wow. Is this your plan for the next several days? Yeah. Finding ways. Yeah. Um, have you run into anything dangerous? Skeletons, traps, uh, nothing, nothing that... Got a rat, but uh, lots of things that would have cut a human's head off. Okay. Anything creepy? The skeletons are definitely creepy, particularly yeah. because they're still moving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely in the creepy. Uh, I've been down here at least once, so I understand that. Yeah. I mean, it's a good plan. I like it. It's going to take you a while. How much longer do you think it'll take? Um, and she tilts her head to the side suddenly. It says, apparently, it's done. What did they just tell you? Apparently, I am not allowed to tell you what they just told me. All right. Well, how about you come with me? Nope. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Nate is rolling a dice. Just assume that that is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we like it when Nate's rolls are meaningless. <laughs> I rolled a four for the listening audience. 
But no one will know what the role is for. Nobody knows what that role is for. Whatever it was, oh, it failed. Ophelia. What are we going to do? It sounds like I am supposed to uh, head up. Sounds like I'm not supposed to do anything. Nope, nothing, apparently. <laughs> ah, now I'm supposed to stop saying apparently. All right, I'm going to cast Fairy Fire. All right. This thing by her ear is going to roll its saving throw. It fails. All right. So a outline of a pixie pops into play. Uh, also, Fairy Fire is an area of effect spell, so Ophelia is also outlined. Okay. And... <laughs> Skrix is nowhere to be seen. I'll just say, hey, you see that shining thing in the sky there? And Ophelia says, I I do. Does Skrix say anything? Not immediately. I'll be like, I bet it's real tasty. Mmm, cats. Not great on the attack rolls, but... Three and four. Ah! <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So uh, something slams into the pixie in midair, and the pixie careens, and the cat becomes visible on the floor again. Okay. And then starts circling, and the pixie starts to panic and, like, <laughs> dive for corners up in the ceiling. I'm going to look straight at the pixie and say, I'd get the fuck out of here if I were you. Roll me Intimidate. That's charisma, damn you. Oh, dang it. That would be a nine. Okay. He's not impressed. The pixie turns into a wolf. Skrix turns invisible. (laughs) (laughs) Ophelia just watches. What are you doing, Sable? I say to Ophelia, still supposed to do nothing? I mean, I can't hear it right now. Great. Get the fuck out of here. That way. So she will turn into a rat and run for the little hole in the wall? Keep going. You'll run into the right people. The wolf shifts back into a pixie and says, damn it. I cast shillelagh. Okay, your stick is magic. All right, I'm going to swing at this motherfucker. All right, it will basically run by you to get into the hole, so you do get a swing. Do I get advantage because I can see it? Well, that's great because the first one is a five. And the second one is a one. It darts into the hole. All right, I yell through the hole. You got a pixie coming your way. So through 10 feet of stone, you hear... (laughs) and then i will follow and a rat comes out and says squeak and like raises its hands up at you all right jaylen will pick the rat up and put it put her in a pocket (laughs) squeak and a glowing pixie darts through the hole and says where did you go i command you to tell me where you went and from your pocket you hear squeak so what are you doing I know sh- shooting at it might be stupid, but Jalen doesn't necessarily... I'm going to kill that fucking pixie. Silpha... Yeah, she's going to shoot it. I think Silpha <laughs> is transmuting her quarterstaff into iron. Like, it's it's turning to iron within her hands, and she's brandishing it. Roll me Intimidate. Please do better than me. If you're shooting, roll your shooting. Um, that's better. That's a 10. How'd you do there, Jalen? I think I hit it twice. I believe it is thoroughly dead. I think pixies have two hit points, maybe one. Okay. So your first shot pins it to the wall, and your second shot... Shoots it in the skull. Doubles down, (laughs) pins it to the wall by its head. All right. Mm -hmm. And then Um, she'll go and get the bolts back and be like, pixie fucker. And you have to, like, you know, shake a little man off of them. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm picking up that little man. I'm coming through as a rat. So you come through as a rat and stand up. Yep. You pick up the little man. Mm Mm-hmm. Pick up the little man, stuff him in a pocket. And I'll say, hey, stay where you are. Don't, you know, 
do anything, all right? Squeak. We got anything we can wrap around our ears to make it very hard for her to hear anything? Oh, um, I you have... got some wax? Oh, I have I have wax and spades. Great. Let's melt some wax and put it in her ears. Also some cloth. Great. So you make earmuffs for a rat. <laughs> yes. And a little strip yes, of cloth to tie around her eyes. Great. And then we'll hand her over to Sable and be like, here's your hostage. Thank you. <laughs> give me, kindly give me a, uh, let's know. Well, we want it to be a craft. All right, roll me, someone roll me an intelligence check, please. <laughs> yes! We nailed, <laughs> we, we nailed this, this rat hostage situation. So you make a, a masterwork earmuff that is somehow noise canceling. <laughs> <laughs> and also adorably fashionable. We're going to be sorry you, you lost the t- natural 20 on this. <laughs> on, on rat muffs. <laughs> Always on the things that just don't matter that hey, much. We get to keep them. <laughs> so we're getting out now. So you come out. Lady Mason is back in the first horseshoe of the house and says, did you find what you were after? Yes, we did. Thank you. One of the guards says, they have a rat. And she says, magic. I just give him a nod. Silva, we'll see you in a few hours. I look forward to it, and I give her a deep curtsy. Thank you, Lady Mason. Yes, thank you very much for your trust. Indeed. And if rumors are to be believed, Jalen, don't you have somewhere to be in about 45 minutes? Yes, I do. Good luck. Thanks. We need to hightail it to House Evans, because I'm supposed to go there, and then we're like doing the entourage, so... Go, go. Okay. I- I've got this. Good luck. I will once again cast Longstrider on a horse yeah. to make it go fast. All right, you pull up about exactly on time. And I changed while we were going. Like we're doing makeup in the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, screw the makeup. <laughs> Silva helped you put on your dress and arrange your hair. Okay. Let's see how you do. Perform, please. See what kind of uh, appearance you put on. 20. Wow. All right. 20? No. No, it's an 18. You come out of the wagon looking like a million bucks. (laughs) I come out looking like a vision, which is not something that usually happens with her. So your father has actually beaten you here, and his carriage was empty, which servants found very strange. And Lynn, Lynn's mother, Lynn's father, Lynn's older brother, and Lynn's older sister are all waiting. All right, she'll stay in the carriage. Good luck, Silva. Bye. Good luck, Jalen. So, Jalen, you hop out. They're like, all is forgiven, because apparently you look amazing <laughs> uh, and are fashionably late, which is really like right on time, just like not with everybody else, strangely. Mm-hmm. Lynn immediately strides over and does not give you a hug, stops himself, just short of a big hug, and then gives you a little bow, and Lynn's mother nods approvingly. Uh, she'll give him a curtsy and offer him my hand. He'll take your hand and, and start walking towards the house. And you'll hear your dad, well, you'll hear Lord Evans from by the cards, like, cutting it a little close, Jalen. She'll wink at him. <laughs> Welcome to the mid-roll. That means it's time for animal facts. Today's animal facts are about the warthog. From the savannah and grasslands of Africa, the warthog is essentially a wild pig, standing nearly three feet tall and over four feet long, weighing around 150 to 330 pounds. This animal is a big critter. Its most notable feature is the two nearly foot-long huge tusks protruding from its upper jaw, but the creature often has 
four tusks, two on the lower jaw. The upper pair is nice for defense and all, but the lower pair, while smaller, are often much sharper, being sharpened to a razor's edge as they rub against the upper pair whenever the beast moves its mouth, making them extremely dangerous. Despite this defense, the warthog's best defense is actually digging a burrow and its fast sprint speed, which is usually around 30 miles an hour. The warthog is omnivorous, eating most things, from savanna grasses to carrion and eggs. Some species of warthogs have developed a partner relationship with monkeys and mongooses to protect them from ticks. Warthogs mate seasonally, and with varying strategies of roaming and defending territory. The warthog litter is two to eight piglets. Female sows generally raise the piglets for six months or so, and they're perfectly happy to adopt lost piglets from other litters. Warthogs live to be about 17 years old. Lastly, the warthogs are on several endangered species watch lists and are estimated to only have about 250,000 left in the wild. Okay, let's get back to it. Into the house you go. Champion Laurel is attending your father as his security. Isaac and Jessica are nowhere to be seen. Okay. I wasn't expecting them to come, I don't think. Yeah, and they would have had to invite themselves. Doesn't mean Isaac's not there. That's mm. true. Never does. <laughs> almost immediately, Lynn sits you down, and almost immediately, a servant tips a uh, like little cake treat onto your dress. Oh. Uh, and almost immediately... Lady Pornino is up and saying, oh, please, come with me. We, we have to take care of that right now. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> All right. I mean, she'll play along. All right. So you end up in a side room with Lady Pornino, who is dabbing. Doing soda water or whatever. Yeah, basic. She's dabbing it. And she kind of looks up at you and says, I just want you to know, Jalen, Lynn is very enamored with you. And if you can find it in your heart to kind of break ties with House Evans and just, you know... Head back to the normal life. I would be deeply supportive. I would love to have you as a daughter. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, lady. Um, I am doing my best to be the best person that I can be. And I would hope that where I come from would take a second place to the quality of character that I show you. Oh, well stated. You'd make a wonderful addition to the family. She kind of like puts a hand, like rubs it on your cheek almost. She being... What are you rolling? Insight. 15 insight. Is um, she being sincere or is she like... She is being sincere, but there's a script being run here. Like this, this is a planned scenario. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing about her words that you don't think she doesn't mean, but you, there is more to this and it's still going. Okay. Which is why there's a knock on the door. Okay. And Lord Pornino comes in and Lady Pornino says, oh, we just got it fixed up. Um, oh, let me run and get some more water. There is absolutely water right there. And she ducks out the door, closing it behind her. And Lord Pornino strides up and says, Jalen, what are your intentions with my son? Uh, my lord, I would remind you that he is pursuing me. Yes, he is. I have decided to allow him this fantasy, if you will. His mother seems quite convinced that you will suddenly be a different person than the Evans family. I don't believe people change. What do I need for a will save not to even react to that? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, a ten. You can keep your cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, she keeps cool. He just made her very angry. But, um... <laughs> and I just want you to know that I'm watching you. 
And if you break my son's heart, I promise you, until you die, I will not forgive you. Is that clear? Are you threatening me, Lord Porninio? Lords and ladies don't threaten, my dear. You know that. Are you coercing me? Definitely. Noted. Now, sorry about your dress. I'll have that servant punished. No, uh, don't do that. It's fine. Very well. Please. Lynn is very excited for the rest of this evening. Maybe don't mention this conversation to him or his mother, please. I'm sorry, have you said something you would be ashamed of? No, no, never. Well, then everything's fine. He'll get the door for you. As you walk through the door and start heading down, you can hear Lady Pornino lean over and say, what did you say to her? And he says, nothing. And she's kind of elbows him in the ribs. And you are back to your date. <laughs> in a frayed frame of mind now. But, um... So Lynn is really excited. He has taken his, his traditional seat at the two-person tea table and stands up and says, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Oh, it cleaned up great, though. It cleaned, it cleaned yeah, off your, your dress. Yeah, your, mom, your mom's a whiz. Yeah, she's, she's great. Oh, she's the sweetest, isn't she? Yeah, she, she is. Uh, please have, have a seat. Thank you. He will make a show of kind of pulling the chair that doesn't really need to be pulled out. Pull it out for you and slide it in for you and sit down across from you. And he will immediately jump into a hunting story that he has clearly rehearsed repeatedly. In the mirror. Probably, yes. <laughs> very much so. Probably, I, You would imagine, given how rehearsed this story is, everyone in this house has heard this story over the last three days. Mm-hmm. But it is a story about the romanticism of hunting. And how well does he tell it? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, he nails oh, it. He oh, nails it. What is it? it. He rolled an 18. Nice. Uh, yeah, he rolled an 18, which for uh, Mighty Lynn Pornino is a 20. So he goes on for, the story goes on, you know, about eight minutes or so, 10 minutes. It's engaging. He has built-in pauses for you to respond to things. She will respond. And at the end of it, he'll lean in a little bit and say, did I do okay there? I practiced that like all week. She says, that was one of the better told stories I've heard recently, Lynn. Well done. He gets like this sparkle grin of just overwhelming joy. I don't even know what to talk to him about. There was the time that you and your friends took care of this hideous rat creature <laughs> who was menacing people. We, we've been taking care of a rat problem. <laughs> oh, tell me all about it. Oh, you know, infestation. It gets out of hand pretty quickly. And so oh, are there we... rats at How to Sevens? We keep cats around for that. Yeah, maybe we should get some more cats. <laughs> we have cats that turn into rats <laughs> maybe we should get some more cats who are not also rats <laughs> um, she'll say yes we should up our cat population and you know maybe they'll help us take care of it but I, I think we made some headway I mean it, it's never nice to find out you have a problem like that so your story kind of trails off into like an awkward silence mm -hmm. and Lynn desperately tries to save it by diving into uh, stories about his favorite cats, uh -huh. of which there are several outside. There are horse barn cats that he's very fond of. Right. He tells you about all six of them and their various cat quirks. Yeah, my friend Silfa, she actually just got a cat and is, is so fond of him. His name's Scrix. Oh, neat. Uh, what, I mean, what, what color is the cat? What color is he? 
fleshy gray. <laughs> he's a hairless cat. Yeah. He? he is, yes. Uh, well, he's hairless, so he's a little weird looking. And he has bat wings. And, but we don't and need I'm not going to tell him that. Bat wings and literal crow's feet. Silva has such a soft heart. She adopted what we assume is a cat. It's kind of mutated. It came from the sewers. It has like bird feet and bat wings. <laughs> nah, like, she's not even going to go into that. She'd be like, but uh, it has earned its keep in rat hunting. So, you know, that's, that's, oh. that's a point in its corner. Have you been practicing with the sword? As a matter of fact, I have. And? <laughs> it's hard to find a sparring partner when everybody's really afraid of it. Oh. But yeah, I, I have been practicing. I, I, Jessica is a little more used to it, so I've made some headway with it practicing with her. Oh, good. She seems like the fearless type. She really is. She's fiery. I got that. Yeah. I yeah. did. Very, very strong personality, Jessica. And then Dova will walk up and say, so I hear you're good with a sword. Uh, getting better. Uh, your, your sword took some getting used to. Well, I am so happy you were able to borrow it. I don't think, you know, a sword shouldn't sit on a shelf and collect rust, as they say. It's and true. I really just have no, no talent for it. And uh, Lynn says, well, in her defense, she didn't ever try. And she says, got me there, Lynn. Got me there. <laughs> But uh, I do love poetry, so do you like poetry, Jalen? She will say, uh, I, I'm afraid I'm not terribly versed in poetry uh, to have a, a good opinion. There, there was a lovely nursery rhyme that one of our governesses used to sing to me. Well, that's where I learned my love of poetry. You know what? I'll lend you a book. I would love that. And she uh, turns to go fetch it, and Lynn leans over and says, I am so happy you don't like poetry. That obvious, huh? Mm. I'm just saying I get a fair I get a fair amount of poetry. Lynn, you were gonna lend me horse books. Oh yes. And he, he will stand up and like dart out of the room and the family will kind of confusedly watch him go. Books. She'll point after him say he's getting some books. Oh. They'll kind of nod and go back to whatever adult conversation and I, I, they I'm were. I'm gonna having. sort of watch them out of the corner of my eye now that I'm now that he's out of the room. Are they Lord Pornino keeps looking at you mm-hmm. like in a in a weird way, like he's kind of frustrated and lady pornino <laughs> lady P- pornino keeps giving you these really polite smile like mm-hmm. twinkle in her eye kind of thing she seems to be having a blast mm-hmm. uh, what is lord evans is he just chatting them uh, up totally or? stone-faced okay he's very analytically reading the room and responding accordingly okay uh and what about faust so faust has mostly been hanging out in the corner trying not to get in the way he seems kind of irritated by it, frankly. By the whole courting session? Yeah. Like that he has to be there or? Mostly, okay. yeah. I mean, okay. you, you get the impression he would rather be doing anything else. Okay. Well, you're left alone. Faust will come walking up and say, so what's Jessica like? Like really like? Um, She is graceful. Like physically graceful or socially She graceful? moves like a cat. Oh, nice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Faust! Yuck! <laughs> and, and oddly enough, this doesn't put Jalen off at all. She's like, finally, somebody who like speaks plainly. <laughs> He's like, I could really see that. Yeah. So yeah, she's graceful. She's a hell of a fighter. She's very strong. Uh, okay. For, especially for a girl. I mean, you know, I'm not belittling women, but you know, she is very strong. Yeah. All right. Strong's good. Um, I guess. You know, we've been training together under Kylan for all, our whole lives. So, so she's 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 probably like she's good. Pretty, she, oh yeah, okay. She's really good. Yeah. Uh, she's forward. She's very forward. She speaks her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems really muscly. 
Yeah, yeah, she's pretty muscular. I mean, she could she could take me pretty easily in a fight for sure, oh, yeah. and she could probably take a few boys I could name in a fight too. Yeah, so, you, th- um, you think she could take me? What, what does he look like? Knight in training. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty buff. He's he's fairly buff. He's mm-hmm. clearly been used to like wearing armor and and wielding heavy weapons. You know, I I don't know. I I think it could go either way between you two. I mean, she you're probably stronger than she is. She's probably not as prone to following rules of combat as you are. So you're saying she's um she's a little dangerous. She she's feisty. Yeah. So she she seen anybody? Not that I know of. Oh, okay. She hasn't said anything to me. No. Oh, all right. Well, he will wander away and appears to be daydreaming now. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I would love it if Jessica married us for you. <laughs> so uh, I don't know that he plans on marrying anyone. No. But uh, Dova and Lynn will come back in carrying books and mm-hmm. set them down. And Dova will say, this is my favorite poetry book. Oh, thank you, Dova. So is she like, I mean, because there's good poetry and there's like simpering poetry. Is she into like good poetry? Uh, so as you read through it, some of the pages are a lot more worn than others. Mm-hmm. And they are deeply romantic. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, staring longingly into their eyes is over and over a passage. Okay. They're very frilly. Yeah. Okay. And then the horse books. Is he- the horse books are about horses, raising mm-hmm. horses, training horses, mm-hmm. uh, different types of horses. Thanks, Lynn. I look forward to reading them. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, what what books do you read? You know, I, I've I've coming close to exhausting the novels in the kingdom. Um, I I really like the action packed ones, the adventures, and yeah, she goes. I like I like a lot of the mythology books, and you know, a lot of the spy books. And she probably shouldn't have said that. You know, that kind of. A lot of thrillers. So I, th- I think Jalen is probably a little bit better read than Lynn is. He has read a fair f- number of books. Very different than the ones you've read. But I think you can talk through books for the, the remainder of your courting session. Great. <laughs> At which point Lynn stands up and says, uh, well, uh, let me see you out to your carriage. And Thank he you. takes this opportunity to extend his hand mm-hmm. and sort of hold your hand all the way out to the carriage. At which point he, you know, gets to hold your elbow as you climb in. Mm-hmm. And as you sit down, he has his head into the carriage so that like no one can really see what he's doing. And he sneaks a little kiss on your hand and says, this was great. I'll see you at your place next. I'll look forward to it. And he closes the door and walks away grinning like an idiot. And she is going to sink back into the cow- into the seat cushion and just... <sighs> Lord Evans will climb in and say, that went really well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah on her, the look on her face is not a happy yeah. <sighs> I'm smelling some trouble. Oh, yeah? She's going to tell him exactly what Lady and Lord Pornino each said to her. Okay, so Lady Pornino would like you to cut ties with the Thieves' Guild and marry her son... And Lord Pornino would like you to die in a fire? Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, either way, it sounds like. Like, he, he doesn't care if I cut ties, I don't think. Hmm. But he does care about his son, so... Uh, well, that's honorable of him. Lord Evans, not that this necessarily matters in the grand scheme of things, but they're asking me to be somebody I'm not. Hmm. And I, um... I... I don't know how to deal with that. Well. I don't like it. The advice I would give you is 
figure out if Lynn is asking you to be something you're not, because you can lie to the rest of them. Fatherly advice from House Evans. Uh, <laughs> and she says, I, I'm beginning to understand Jessica's desire to lead two different lives. Well, so just between you and me, I don't think Jessica would actually lead two different lives. I think she would be the same person in both, and that would be a disaster. It's true. Faust is interested in Jessica. Oh, he has a reputation. He's interested in anything with legs. Uh Ah. Is he an asshole? I mean, his reputation is mostly just guard your daughters. He might be an asshole. I don't know. Hmm. Well, Jessica would give him a run for his money. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that could just be funny. (laughs) Yeah, that might be quite enjoyable. Well, if it doesn't work out with you and Lynn, which we might be able to know in maybe one more courting session, you know, maybe you should exchange some letters. I, His parents might read them, but you, you, maybe you could figure out if he's going to be okay with you being you. That's a good idea. Anyway, I think it went really well. Well, thank you. Glad I did right by you. Well, you seem to have won over everybody in the room, as far as I could tell, except for apparently Lord Pornino, but, you know... Can't win them all. I guess not. It's a lose-lose situation with him. I mean, you don't have to live with Lord Pornino, though. They have a large estate. You can be off to the side somewhere. If I wind up not wanting to marry Lynn, would you have my back on that? Yes. If you do not want to marry Lynn, the Thieves' Guild is the original plan. However, if you decide to marry Lynn, we will do something else with the Thieves' Guild. It's too good of an opportunity to pass up. Thank you. No problem. I'm a little worried we're going to have to leave everything to Isaac. God knows what he's doing with it. (laughs) She says nothing to that. (laughs) All right. Second courting session. Cut. To Silpha. Silpha, your mother has set everything up. Members of your house from your Aunt Melissa have shown up to basically run everything. So instead of having servants, you have cousins all over the place managing things. And in the few moments before the party starts, there's a knock at the door and in walks the bard your mother called, Thomas Drury, who looks real awkward and is carrying a, a lute. He's got a little harp on his back and a bag of magic tricks and is wearing like a corny top hat and uh, so many pockets in his coat. Oh my god. And Silpha says You're a bard? Well sort of. Of course Um, you're a fucking bard. (laughs) Oh no! Um, Of all the people she could have hired. I'm sorry. Uh, I, it's, I am, I, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I'm really I, good with kids. I was told there'd be kids. He kind of looks at his feet for maybe a little too long and then kind of looks up again and takes a deep breath and says, um, yeah, look, Silpha, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be at work. Okay. So, um, I'm happy to play songs for you. If you request something, I will play it. And if you will excuse me, I need to focus on my job. And he walks kind of pissed offedly away from you. Uh-huh. Did say, of course, he's a fucking bard. Oh, Thomas. And then a house mason pulls up and their bard hops out. 
And look, it's Cygnus Swanson. Oh, God. Damn. Fucking asshole. <laughs> if I were an Nate. asshole. Nate, the asshole. I, I can see, see Nate going, how can I make this the most awkward and uncomfortable situation possible? I mean, he I could have given him bagpipes, okay? I stopped shy of giving him bagpipes. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Of yourself. Yeah, I am. Look at that look on your face. You're just like, yeah. Cygnus walks up and says, uh, kind of leans into you and says, uh, Silpha, I don't quite remember the party very well, but I, I feel like I said something I shouldn't have. And so I just, I want you to know, like, uh, I drank way too much, just way too much. Um, also, I don't think you should marry this Byron guy. He seems uh, fake. Hmm. Anyway, have a good party. I'm going to play for you. You would know fake. Cygnus. Ouch. Oh, yeah. I mean, I meet lots of fake people. Oh, God. He can't even tell. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kind of gives you like a kind of shoulder punch almost of like affection and says, all right, I'm going to go set up in the corner and I'm here to entertain the adults. So uh, let me know if you. Um, oh, oh, oh. I remember your favorite song. Uh, stick to instrumental music. No words. Done. And then Lord Byron climbs out of the carriage and turns around and pulls out a child who is very lean like a really 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 skinny kid and fairly short and they have these massive butterfly wings just huge like bigger than the kid huge butterfly wings and can't really curl them up but like folds them back flat as they come through the door and the child looks up and says hi well, hello there. I'm Silpha. What's your name? Toby. Do I know anything about his children? Roll me history. Mm. It's an 11. 11? Okay, yeah. Uh, he has two kids. One is two and one is four. They're so tiny, you can't tell if it's the two-year-old or the four-year-old. You're guessing because it has a fairly fearless high. It's probably a four-year-old, maybe? Hard to tell. But they kind of touch your hand. And then turn around and go, Thomas is here! And bolt into the back of the room. (laughs) And you turn back and Lord Byron pulls out a kid that is as wide as it is tall and sets it down. It's wearing a (laughs) dress um, and has tusks. Here is Tink. (laughs) Big old tusks, just warthog style. It uncoordinatedly totters over to you and says, Hi. Hello, princess. Thank you. And you seem to think they can't have that many more words, but it doesn't succeed in a curtsy at all. It looks like it's been practicing all day and it just does not happen. And then looks up and you see their eyes widen and their mouth opens to say something, but they can't find the word. And then they go running over to Thomas Drury. Thomas immediately pulls out some scarves. And Lord and Lady Mason climb out and start heading toward your door with Byron. Byron comes up and says, Those were my lovely children, Toby and Annabelle. Annabelle is, of course, named after her mother. So, um, shall we? Silpha will put out her hand for him to take. So he takes your hand and says, I have to say, you are looking marvelous. Well, thank you. And I think Silpha has, in fact, used a bit of magic 
to appear as the most perfect version of herself. Her primary concern today is putting on a good show. You don't look at all like you spent the morning in a basement looking for a rat. (laughs) She looks entirely different from when she arrived at the house in the morning. She has her usual updo, but it's with fancy braids. And she's wearing the dress that she described to Sable. Her skin is flawless. Her eyelashes are longer. Her eyebrows are perfect. Not a hair out of place. That's awesome. So Lord Byron will follow your mom as she leads you both into the salon she has set up for this. And there's sort of the courting couples table that you sit at. Lord Byron is, uh, he's a lean guy. And as we described him before, he kind of has sort of spotty skin. Gives you kind of a leopard-like impression. But is a fairly attractive gentleman and uh, sits down and says, "Uh, So I was hoping we could talk about literature. Well, you have the name of a poet, I must say. Well, thank you. I am deeply passionate on books, and I dare say I have read most of what is in Lord Mentor's library. What's your favorite book? Uh, Well, as a student of magic, most wizards dabble in a lot of different things, but my specialty is transmutation. And therefore, uh, one of my favorite recent acquisitions is a book called Alchemy and the Art of Transmutation. Wow. That's, I've never read that book. Um, you know, m- maybe we could talk a little bit about magic instead. And he'll kind of lean forward in his chair. Can you maybe show me how to cast uh, a spell? Just a, just a little one. I don't want to scare anyone. Well, I believe I possess the capacity to teach those who are interested simple magic. It generally requires a different atmosphere than this, though. When you're first starting out, it requires a lot of intense concentration and focus on the energy around you. This is not a good atmosphere for that. But I could demonstrate some of the things that I'm capable of. Bring the children over. So, he's going to roll a dice. What's your passive insight, Sofa? It is a 12. 12, okay. He says, I don't think think you're going to be able to pull him away from the bard. But I, I would love to see it. So um, please. Oh, well, uh, for you, she reaches into her components pouch and takes out a series of what looks like dice composed of different materials. So there is one made of silver, one made of copper, one made of stone, a wooden block, that kind of thing. And she says, so transmutation magic is kind of like the... Um, It's fortuitous. It's like the building and construction of the wizarding trade, only one is manipulating the fabric of reality itself. She picks up the wooden block and hands it to him so that he can feel and see that it is wood and says, for example, a wooden block. And then she like manipulates her hands over it and focuses on it. And the block transmutes into a block of stone and she hands it to him. And he says, wow, this is amazing. Is it permanent? No, This particular magic only lasts about an hour or so. That's Mm. the extent to which I can focus my will. There are theories and ways in which I believe something like this could be made permanent. Requires a great deal more study and practice, however. Ah, fascinating. So, uh, what do you know about stonemasonry? What does Sylph know about stonemasonry? Uh, that would be history, probably. Actually, nature is probably more important. It's a 16 either way. 16 either way? Okay. 
Yeah, you actually know a great deal about this and have read a few histories of the Mason family and can talk ad nauseum about it, if you wish. So Silpha will show off and demonstrate her knowledge of this and uh, explain, yes, I worked for some time in the court as a scribe, so I'm very familiar with the writing and wording of contracts. I've drawn up a great number of building contracts with the Carpenters Guild. He kind of leans in and says, Now, when writing a contract, I actually get very excited. And he starts breaking down parts of contracts that are his favorite way to build a business contract. And he goes all business, business, business. How does Silpha respond to... Silpha is actually super excited by this level of planning and devotion to organization. (laughs) These are two nerds that are like, Oh, yeah! yeah. So you guys basically have a Fenrir law conversation that goes on a while. Meanwhile, periodically, so Cygnus Swanson has been playing the whole time, sticking to instrumentals as he was instructed. He spends a lot of time just kind of staring at the two of you. Roll me insight, please. An 11. Uh, yep. Staring at the two of you. Just nothing to go off of there, but... Every once in a while, Thomas Drury can be seen around the corner, just like checking in on things before going back to entertaining the children. He looks in and also looks at you. I hope you'll be rolling some insight. 16. You're not totally sure why, but Thomas Drury is not enjoying this at all. But he does turn around and seem to be in a better mood every time he goes and entertains the children. But whenever he comes back and looks in this room, he is noticeably down. Aww. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, while this legal conversation is going on, your mother and Lord and Lady Mason are oil and water. Uh, <laughs> just, they you can tell from the body language that they're very practiced socialites all and are trying really hard not to hate each other. They don't like each other. Your mother can turn any social situation in her direction, but it would seem Lord Mason does not care for her attitude or lifestyle or anything. Lord Mason or Lady Mason? Or well, both of them? both of them, frankly. Lord and Lady Mason are not loving your mother. <laughs> Do they just think she's ridiculous? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, they, they, they seem to be very serious people. And your mother is... Not Super a, not. She's deceptively mm-hmm. not, though. I well, mean, I, okay. Yeah. About certain <laughs> yeah, things, she can pull out the stops. Yeah. Uh, but they seem to, on reputation alone, have decided she is not worth their time. Uh, so that conversation, like, it it flows. It flows. But you can tell by just glancing over there, there's a lot of tension in that conversation. However, there's a lot of difference between Silpha and her mother. And I would think that that is apparent. I I would strongly suspect that they can tell the difference. Your father doesn't seem to notice anything. He's just nope, chatting he's away with them, having a great time. Just my dad. He claps Lord Mason on the shoulder once and nearly bowls him over. <laughs> <laughs> are there champions of House Mason present? Uh, yeah, there are. I, um, two of them. I point out the one who came to my aid at the funeral for Edgar Varathy at some point when milling about and clap my father on the shoulder and say... Papa, I want you to know that this is the champion who came to my aid and inquired after my well-being when I got stabbed by 
the thug at the funeral. Uh, so your dad makes the newest, bestest friend ever. But shortly before that, he turns and says, you got stabbed? <laughs> wow. He turns and says, Vanessa, when are you going to tell me about that? And Vanessa like waves her hand near her throat like, no, no, no. And he's like, we'll talk about it later. And then he turns around and goes, it is great to meet you. And gives this guy a, a massive chitinous beetle bear hug that sort of leaves this champion nearly crushed. <laughs> Silpha says something in response. Well, I told you the events that transpired at the funeral. That's why I went to the apothecary. Your dad's like, mm, not now, Silpha, and sort of pulls this guard aside for a, for a chat. They seem to be best of friends now, leaving your mother to continue whatever verbal sparring she was doing with the Masons. Lord Byron, you know, after about two or three hours of chat with you and then chat with the family and then chat with you again, basically starts to get a little edgy and then says, can we just take this conversation in the room, the same room with the kids? Oh, um, by all means. Yeah, no, no problem. I just, I gotta, I feel like I need to keep track of them. Of course. I should think they would be your foremost consideration. They are. They are. I mean, you have my full attention, but I, um, yeah, it, a couple hours away. I would, I would like to just like to be in that room if you, if you'd be okay. Of course. So you head in and get to watch Thomas Drury pull various birds, of which you had no idea where they were, out of various things. <laughs> We're not 12. Out of the gutter. We're not 12. Out of the gutter. (laughs) He finds a way to pull a parakeet out of your mother's nice china. And the kids are just thrilled about this. And then he will play a children's song about the best foods to eat. That's adorable. (laughs) And uh, Byron will say, we need to hire this person more often. He's really good with kids. He's a very sweet person. Uh, your mother recommended him. She apparently met him at Edgar Varathy's funeral and said he was amazing. And you can just sort of watch in silence as he continues to just astound and amaze two children. I think that Sofa would like to do some small magic tricks for the children. Okay, what do you got up your sleeve? Silpha will join the children on the floor in front of Thomas, uh, mm-hmm. watching the magic tricks, and kind of like applaud with them. Oh, I used to love magic like this when I was little, too. It's one of the things that made me want to do real magic and become a wizard. And he says, oh, yes, well, I have to tell you, it is real magic. And he gives you this huge exaggerated wink. And he goes to turn around and like pull out some rings. Uh, Would you like to do your magic? Silpha will put her hands over her face like peekaboo move them away and then there's a giant like ladybug sitting on the the end of her nose and she crosses her eyes to look at the bug waggles her fingers and sticks out her tongue blows a raspberry and the the bug disappears in a cloud of sparkles uh yeah you get super excitement from both children they're wildly interested in this and immediately the two-year-old puts both hands on your face (laughs) to like try to find this bug and like two-year-old is um stronger than you'd expect <laughs> actually slapped you a little bit yeah you get, a, you get kind of a little a little beat up it actually uh but th- they clearly don't mean anything by it but you know think with their hands at this point and the the four-year-old kind of like really ineptly pulls the two-year-old back a little bit 
Like, that's rude. And yanks them back. I will pull both kids in and say, okay, so hold on to me really tightly. Mm, that's going to require a persuasion or a handle animal. I'm going to try to entice them. Do you like flying through the air like a bird? Uh, they both they kind of stare at you like, that's not possible. And why would we have an opinion? I mean, the, <laughs> the two-year-old does not come with anything like comprehension and goes, huh, y- yeah? Okay, come on. Come on in. All right, they will try to grab you. She will put arms around them, and she will levitate off the ground. All right, let's see if this causes a panic. Slowly. Okay. A nice, slow levitate. The children seem pretty calm about it. Lord Byron seems less calm about it. He's not having a panic attack. He's, like, keeping it in, keeping it contained. But he would rather they be on the ground. You can definitely tell by looking at him. I guess I should have asked the parent for (laughs) (laughs) But she will continue for a minute to levitate up and down with these children at various speeds. At one point, as you lower towards the ground, there's a thump on your back as a cat appears and says, Sylpha, why are you playing with these things and not me? Oh, (laughs) this is why we're glad cats can't talk. (laughs) I am the cuter one. You can look to your side and your cat is visible, actually. And Lord Byron says, your cat's talking. (laughs) Yes, it does that because I'm a wizard. Oh, (laughs) I really need to learn a lot more about magic before we meet again. Let's do the next one at my place. Absolutely. And he will scoop both kids up, one in each arm, and kind of say, this was really fun, Silpha. I would, um, you know what, how about for the next one, I'll bring some business ledgers. We can even start talking business. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I believe your father wanted the arrangement to be such that I would be Meg's, I would be Lady Margaret's business partner. And, well, I had some concerns about that. Yes. um, He leans in and very quietly says, I can keep her away from the sauce. And he will turn and kind of head out like a little abruptly. Like he's keeping it cool, but there's like a there's like a just shy of panic attack going on here. I'll roll insight and probably fail to try to imagine what's going through his head. It's not terrible. It's a 14. You get the impression that he is super risk adverse. And like why you're not sure or like what's behind it. But he did not love the displays of magic near the children. That was the thing that kind of tipped him over the tipped him over the edge. But he's being very polite and you think probably did enjoy himself up until that point. But he will get the kids into the carriage and then turn around and come back in and seem calmer now and give you a polite bow. If you offer your hand, he will kiss it and he will turn around and head head back to the carriage, at which point you hear just in the back of the house, like Thomas Drury say to Cygnus Swanson, you think she hates me? And Cygnus Swanson says, oh, yeah, totally hates you. (laughs) Oh, my God. And that's a wrap. Don't forget to rate and review us. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson at My Pet Machine on Facebook for our music, and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy on Facebook for our logo. We'll see you next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. 
Three, we are back to recording. Oh, wow. That was fast. Hi. You know, we didn't say hi at the beginning of this That's one. That's true. Hi, I'm Nate. I will be your dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a Julius. <laughs> you're, you're Mario? Play a wizard, Silver Lunari. <laughs> I'm a Julie. I play a Silver. <laughs> hi, I'm Sandra. I play a druid named Sable. I'm Mandy. I play Jalen, the rogue. And I'm Julie. I play Selphalunari. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's Robbie. Yeah, he plays the squirrel chaser. He plays ball. <laughs> and Nate will keep at least one of my bad voices to like mm-hmm. shame mm-hmm. me on the internet. Forever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you gave it to him. <laughs>